is this being true to myself? Mm-hmm. Is this the culture that I want to have? Is this what I envisioned this to be? Mm-hmm. Are these the people that I want to surround myself with? Mm-hmm. Are we going in the same fashion? Welcome to Agent Success Podcast. If you're a real estate agent looking to succeed in today's crazy market, well, you're in the right place. Each week, we talk with successful real estate agents willing to share their expert insights, trade secrets, and mindset that help them to succeed. There's no fluff, just straight to the point content that prioritizes one thing above all, your success. So without further ado, let's cut to the chase. Welcome, welcome to another episode of Cut to the Chase. I am your host, Tim Chase at agentsuccesspodcast.com. I have a very special guest with me today. She goes by the name of Treasure Davis. How are you, Treasure? I'm very well. Thank you for having me. See, this was very professional. I feel like we've started off quite professional. We have. Now, I've thought this through, and I thought most of the time I I start off very boring. And so I want to give you a proper introduction. We just talked about getting you a pre-written introduction. So we're going to create one right now. Great. Okay, so just hold tight, okay? So I'm going to start, and you just sit back and listen, okay? Everybody, welcome. It is Treasure Davis. All right, everybody. Oh, Treasure Davis. Okay, all right. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, everybody, calm down. Calm down. Okay, there we go. Was that... Was that okay? That w- that was very good. You probably okay. lost some listeners. Though. Okay. okay. Well, this is what typically happens with Tim when he walks in the room. Hey, everybody. It's Tim Chase. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we got to work on that. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's like a, 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 I'm having a lot of childhood flashbacks. When that happens, so. <laughs> so anyhow, Treasure Davis, welcome to welcome. Thank you. Yes. I love that you said the name she goes by. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know, I, I'm, it's my legal name. It's your legal name. It's, Born it's with it. Born, raised <laughs> from day one. Day yeah, one. Day one. Okay. It wasn't just like, I'm feeling like a pirate's treasure. Right. It wasn't like, like I'm like, I think I'm going to go into real estate and let me change my name. Mm, yeah. It's like a, like a, like a ghost, right? Like a, like a alias for a you know, Harry Potter. Right. It's like, like let that. me go through middle school with the hardest name ever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, I think it's a pretty cool name. Thank you. As you were thinking of the jokes that you would like to say about my name in middle school. You just flashed back to middle school. I just went to middle school. So, yeah, and I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) A lot of funny stuff you can say there, yeah. Heard it all. (laughs) We'll cut it off right there. Um, I would like to uh, let you introduce yourself. Tell us where you work, uh, how long you've been doing real estate. Uh, now that we have a clear definition of your legal name, you don't have to go down that path, but any, anything additional. Yes. Great, great. So um, I'm native Colorado Springs. Oh. I was born in Colorado Springs, but grew up in Kansas City. Okay. Um, explains the fingernails. It does explain and just the so fingernails. Anybody who's, who's listening, uh, we, we hold those up. I think you have a camera somewhere. Yes. Uh, she has Kansas City Chiefs on there. Um, they're beautiful. Uh, they're, yes. They're, <laughs> I mean, I, I feel excited just looking at them. They're, they're, they're fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Uh, does this mean you're a Chiefs fan? Die hard. Really? Was this before or after Swift was involved? Well, I just let my mom in on a little secret. Mm. And um, a couple months ago, I told her, Mom, I used to skip school to go welcome the Chiefs home from their games. <laughs> and she was like, there's some things I don't want to know. And I'm like, well, I just feel like you should know that. I, I, I have a deep-seated love for this team. and yeah, I've never, In high school. Yeah, okay. Just die hard. So, oh. um, And it wasn't like to be a group or anything. It was just like I loved them so much. Yeah. Like they are just like our home team that yeah. I just – Love them. I probably should not have skipped school to go welcome them I, home. I, but. I would say that skipping school probably, if I was close to the Bronco Stadium I, or, or the training facility, I would certainly 100% have done that. Yes. Yeah. What year did you graduate high school? 92. Okay. Yeah. A little bit older than you. A little bit. Yeah. 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 You, I, you, you might be able Don't to say be it. my Don't. child. I'm not sure. No, no. I'm not. No. Not quite that far. Sisters. Okay. A couple years apart. Or, okay. It's a sister. Yeah, si- yeah, but sibling. I'm a boy. But yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Listen, yeah. we don't profile <laughs> that's a whole, here. That's, that's, that's a whole, whole, yeah. whole different thing. So she loves the Chiefs. We're not going to hold that against her. Even Please though, don't. And she's not a Taylor uh, Swift groupie because she liked the Chiefs beforehand. She liked the Chiefs before Mahomes and before. She liked the Chiefs when they sucked for like what like 
40 years. My whole life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, like, like about, 40, about 40 years or so, uh, they couldn't do a whole lot. Um, so I, I always really enjoyed beating the Chiefs until about, I'd say, what, about five years ago when Mahomes got in the league, and then it just has not happened since then. He's, he's dynamite. He is so, dynamite. Yeah, yeah it's, it's going to be – after about the, I think the second game where they played Denver – and I thought to myself, man, we are going to have to deal with this guy for like 15 years. And, and he's a baby, so he's going to be around a long he's like time. Like 26 or 28 or something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. So, well, hey. So anyway, you love the Chiefs. You grew up in Kansas City. Born in Colorado Springs. Born in Colorado Springs. Um, went to nursing school. Oh, okay. Graduated high school. Um, came back to Colorado because my parents lived in Colorado. Okay. And um, ended up meeting my husband at okay. 17. Was not the plan. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and then I was like, I love Salida. We're going to live in oh, Salida. That's Chafee County, right? Chafee County. Yeah, okay. And then we lived there for a long time, and then I just wanted to come back to Colorado Springs, so we made the jump um, because we were working four jobs. Yeah. Um, I had a wedding business and did wedding planning, consulting, all of that. I also worked at the medium security mail prison, which I'm sure some you'll want. Vista? Yes. Yeah, I have some friends there. Friends that I grew up in Canyon City. We have a we have a mixed bag of criminal versus oh good versus prison guards. Yeah. Good, that's a whole podcast <laughs> all in itself. It's a whole <laughs> upbringing, yes. Okay, it's good. Right. Yeah. Okay. That so. explains a lot, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I have friends on both sides of the fence. Okay. So yeah, yeah. Good. Goods and bads. Good. Yeah. Um, so saliva. so then we were there. We were working four jobs, killing ourselves um, to you know do. Hard work. We had a baby, um, and we decided. My father-in-law was selling real estate in Colorado Springs, and he always made it look so easy. He was always at the baseball games and oh, yeah. hanging out. And I was like, "Why are we working four jobs? And you're living the best life possible." Yeah. So this is when they did stated income loans that I'm yeah. sure you're familiar with. I did one to buy my house. We, yeah, we did one as well. <laughs> <laughs> I would not recommend them. Uh, in the wrong hands, it can be dangerous. In the wrong hands. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so. We quit all of our jobs, mm -hmm. moved to Colorado Springs, um, and started with no job as me as a brand new realtor in a city that I was born in, but did not but have, didn't have ties. No, no sphere. No sphere. Wow! Holy smokes! And did you did you have a kid at that point, or we had okay, a two year old? Oh my goodness! Wow! Yeah. Holy so cow. we left state benefits and pensions and paid time off mm. and the good life to for the idea of a dream. You know why you did this? It's because you skipped school in high school. <laughs> <laughs> you were like, I make questionable decisions about every five years. It's about time. So That's yeah, true. Yeah, How so. did you pick up on that? Uh, it, you know, just the connections. It's, you know, okay. it's, it's making sense from a psychological standpoint. <laughs> okay, good. So, yeah. Oh, I didn't know I was like hooked up to one of those yes, psychological yes, yeah, tests. Exactly. It's actually through the, through the earphone. Good. Well, it's going to start <laughs> sizzling any minute then. <laughs> so you moved to Colorado Springs and did you join a team? Did you join? What, how, did, how did you get started? So I joined my father-in-law. Okay. Well, and did he have his own company? Or was uh, we company? worked for Century 21. Oh, the, gold, the, gold the golden jacket. Right, nice. um, and I loved my broker. Yeah. Um, and he was doing network marketing. Mm -hmm. And so my father-in-law was like, you know, I've made enough money. I don't need to sell real estate anymore. Yeah. And I was like, but, but wait, like I we just moved here. We just moved here. Yeah. And I was like, well, that's okay. Like, you know, I'll just start with your database. And he's like, I don't have one of those. Oh, People oh just call me. And I was like, oh, no, we're in trouble. So I went to my broker and was like, okay, here we go. Tell me what to do. Tell me where to start. Yeah. I'll do, you know, I'm not above it. And I started off doing for sale by owners and doing open houses for for sale by owners that were never going to list with an agent. And I actually helped them get offers from doing the open houses on their houses. See, that was actually pretty groundbreaking. How, how long, what year was that? 2005. Okay, so that was groundbreaking in 2005. And the reason that I say that is people that would call um, for sale by owners just wanted to get their business, right? And then you do open houses. But I know some uh, some people now who do open houses for, for, for sale by owners, and it's not a common practice, but they are actually able to build their business using it. So you're ahead of the curve on that one. Well, that's good. It didn't feel ahead of a curve. Ahead of the it curve, it felt like a lot of work and absolutely, yeah. and a lot of door knocking. Mm -hmm. um, every single day, door knocking, yeah. just 
pounding the pavements, looking for business. And anytime I would get business, I would be hold on to them for dear life and try to build a relationship. Right. I actually still talk to my very first client really? that I had. Wow. Mm-hmm. Holy smokes. Wow. Because we developed a true relationship and yeah. a true bond. Yeah. Um, As opposed to just being transactional. It was like, hey, I'm going to work on your behalf. And I, to do that, I have to know you. Correct. And so that's the way that I built this business. And that's the way that I've always been. Mm -hmm. Obviously, over the years, things have changed because now, you know, the level of transactions has obviously increased, but the principle is still there. And the want to do that is still there. And the desire is still there. So when people are like, well, I do a smaller amount of business because I want that. I'm like, so do I. Yeah. It's just looks a little different than it did in 2005. 2005, right. Right. So when you, um, when you started doing that, how long do you feel like it took you to, to feel, to, to feel like you were actually making headway, right? Like, is it something that in a few months and a few years, how long did it really make you? Well, I started in 2005, Mm -hmm. went through 2008, not necessarily knowing that it was a bad market because I didn't have anything to compare it to. Right. So I just went through the through the pieces of it. Um, and we did a lot of relocation. So with Century 21, we had a lot of relocation business. We had USAA business. We had Lockheed Martin business. We had a lot of business. Did they, did they have in. a relocation company within Century 21? Yeah. Okay. And so that was really great, but it all went back to what your reviews were and how well you took care of them. If you got another mm. appointment or another yeah, at bat. Yeah, yeah. And so I went through those, I would say, 2005 to 2009, Mm -hmm. not really knowing that you had to identify the market that you were in. Yeah. Yeah. You just did the work. Well, it's like most, most real new real estate agents. Now, if you've, if you've been a real estate agent in the last three years or four years or whatever, um, first you got in, you're like, Oh, this is normal. Oh, I like being a real estate agent. And then two years ago, it, and one year ago, it all of a sudden became reality of, I better be using my CRM. I better be calling people. I better be doing this. It's not just magic, right? right. So it's it, it those those, the, and it, it's funny. A lot of seasoned real estate agents that I talk to, um, they talk about the ebbs and flows in the market and being able to adapt to those ebbs and flows, as opposed to just sticking with the same old same. Now, for your father-in-law, obviously that worked because that's what worked, right? Right. You just know a bunch of people. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we'll give him a call. He does real estate, right? Right. But it's different now. You have to adjust. Absolutely. So I'm going to take a kind of turn on this because during those first few years, like I didn't know what kind of market I was in and mm-hmm. um, just taking care of people one person at a time, you know, taking yeah. really great pride in everything. And then in 2010, no, excuse me, 2008, my son passed away. Oh, my goodness. And it was life shattering, um, obviously. And I can remember, um, we had the funeral and it was all just like a complete blur. But the one thing that I remember and the one thing that stands out to me Mm -hmm. probably the most was that when we were leaving in the car, I looked and one of my first, my very first client, her name's Didi. She was there and she was saying, I love you in sign language as we drove away. Oh wow. And that's when I realized that real estate isn't just about selling houses. It's about how do you come alongside people in their journey? And sometimes they come alongside of you in your journey, not you're telling them all your problems, but something impacts, you know, something they say, like there's been times I've been in an appointment and I've been like, Hmm, I know why I'm here. Yeah. Yeah. Like this, I needed to hear you say that today. That was impactful. That's amazing. Yeah. So fast forward, obviously my team, my company stepped up, they helped me yeah. through that time, um, got back into the business. At first I was like, I'm done with real estate. I, I can't do this anymore. Sure. I don't know what I'm going to do. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then it just happened to me. And so one thing I've always said is like, when I'm not meant to do real estate anymore, the door is going to shut and mm-hmm. I'm going to know that it's going to shut. Yeah. But in the meantime, I'm going to lead with good faith and intention and do mm-hmm. good. doesn't mean I'm perfect. I mess up sure. every day. 
And I always look at like the opportunities of how can I improve? And that's been since day one. Mm -hmm. So I know I'm kind of not answering your question because I am a politician. So (laughs) you danced around a whole lot without actually answering questions. I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, Yeah, that's how I do it. It's very good. I'm like, what do you want to know? Okay, let me answer over here. Let me come back. But the the thing is, uh, you you hope that the listener is uh, uh, in tune with uh, themselves enough to maybe connect the pieces. Correct. Right. Yeah. Um, And when you... uh, when you look at your business now, um, do you feel do you feel like you ever want to go back to being a one person? Just to be clear for everybody listening, you have a big team, right? You have a pretty large team. You have a building. You have like, like you have a lot of stuff going on, right? And you do a lot of business. Um, how many how many transaction sides did you do last year? Uh, last year we did four hundred and nineteen okay. transactions. So that's that's not small potatoes, right? That, that's a lot. Um, and I know you help a lot of families from a, uh, from a lifestyle standpoint, do you, uh, do you feel like the team's the right thing for you? Or do you sometimes think that maybe you just, uh, like your father-in-law used to do? Hmm. I feel that the team is right for me mm-hmm. because I've always been a team player. I want to be surrounded by a players. I want to be surrounded right. by the best of the best. It helps me to do better because I come from a growth mindset and a coaching mindset. So I'm always like, there's something that I can learn from everybody. Yeah. So there's people on my team that have been in the business a short amount of time that when we do our role play or we do objection handling, I'm like, that was really good. Yeah. Everybody take note. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to add that. That was good. Yeah. That doesn't come from anybody saying, Oh, I've been doing this for 19 years. (laughs) Like (laughs) that's like my biggest pet peeve. Yeah. Um, I had a realtor the other day that, was upset with one of my agents and I always like to call them and get ahead of it. And he was like, well, you know, I haven't been in the business 30 years like you have, but I've done some transactions. I'm like, well, we have something in common because I haven't been in the business 30 years either. And every day yeah. is a new day to grow and to learn something different and yeah. new. So how do we fix this for our clients to move forward? And it, the conversation ended so well because it didn't come from a place of, well, you're right. It came from a place of, I'm not here to talk about the stats or how many transactions we did last year, mm-hmm. because two things that I know is that in January, we all start off at zero. Yep. We're all in the same playing how field. How many deals did you do this year? None. None. It's January 2nd. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. And the other thing that I know is that the only deal that matters is the one that's on our, like in our hands right now. Yeah. That's what matters. Hmm. It doesn't matter what happened and what closed in the past because I knew and I know that I took the best care of them that I could. What matters now is what's in my hands now. The rest of it is closed and good. And if something comes up, we'll handle it. But I care about this deal. So dealing with a team then, um, that would be hard to, I mean, you you can say that to them, but, but it would be difficult then to, um, have your entire team have that same level of focus. That would be challenging. So I have a couple of team questions for you. Okay. okay. Number one is um, how, how do you know when an agent should build a team? Is it, the, is it how they do business or the number of transactions they're doing? Like what would determine when an agent should think about doing a team? That's a good question. Um, I think an agent should build a team when they leverage themselves out so much that an assistant is not allowing them to leverage past that point. Okay. Because a good assistant will double your business. Okay. My first assistant is still with me. Really? And wow. obviously, you know, we've done great things together. And, I, and she will tell you, she'll be yeah. the first to tell you, Treasure hired me to work 15 hours a week. Yeah. And I did. And then as soon as she came in, I was like, oh, no, we... We're on to something here. <laughs> 15 ain't going to come. Yeah. I'm like, we're going to do this more yeah. and more and yeah. more. And now she's like, I'm going to retire in two years. And I'm like, are you sure? You know, I don't see it in your, I don't see yeah. it in your future. Yeah. But as far as like profitability goes, yeah. um, for someone building a team, a lot of times they want to start off with an agent first. Mm-hmm. I think that, in my opinion, starting off with a good admin, mm. someone that can help with the details and the to know when you're walking in a building. Yeah. <laughs> like, like today, where's treasure? She'll be there in about 42 seconds. <laughs> yeah. um, I think that's where you really leverage mm-hmm. and you can still have that personal touch with your clients okay. and you can still have great profitability and do good. So as, as opposed to saying, hey, um, 
you know, I, I've always dreamed of having a team. I'm going to go get a buyer's agent and a listing listing agent, uh, and then I'm going to be the rainmaker. Instead, say, hey, let's get uh, let's get an admin person to make sure that I'm crushing on all my calls, all my follow ups, all of my appointments. Uh, my contracts are just rock solid, and you get that down. They free you up to allow you to do your thing, and then from there start building. Yes, is that more? Yes. Okay. And that's how I built mine. I brought on a great admin first. A year later, I brought on my first agent who's mm-hmm. still with me 11 years in. Oh, you don't um, get rid of people easy, do you? Yeah. Not the good ones. They don't, they don't get rid of you. <laughs> <laughs> they probably try to get yeah. rid of me. <laughs> nah, I'm not going to let that happen. <laughs> so what about team structure then? So uh, I know, um, you know there's a hundred different ways to structure a team. Um, do you guys have specific buying agent, listing agents, uh, it's just everybody does everything. Everybody does everything. Okay. Yeah. They're because we want them to hear for the opportunities. Mm. If they're just focused on the buy side, then they miss the opportunity to say, "Do you also have a home to sell?" Yeah, yeah. Wait, where are you moving to? Maybe the only we can thing they're focused you. on is I'm going to help you buy. I'm going to help you buy. Correct. Yeah, I, I don't care what Sally does. She's the listing agent. I'm I'm here to help you buy the house, mm-hmm. right? Interesting. Yeah. yeah. So we made that change a few years ago, and it's been a remarkable change for us, especially because. We're making, we're teaching and guiding and mentoring our agents to be more well-rounded and more well-versed so that they can listen for those opportunities and crush it when it comes up. Yeah. Well, so do you, do you feel that that change is something you're going to stick with then for a long time having everybody like Absolutely. that? Absolutely. So here comes a, here comes an interesting question for you because I, I'm, I'm always like you, I want to, I want to learn what people are doing, right? Because to me, it's uh, similar to you. There's every situation there's opportunity and I j- but I have to I have to prep myself for the opportunity right so if I'm hyper focused on something I'm going to find I have to be, have to be open to it though I can't be disappointed when something happens because that that something that happened opens the opportunity for me to to see right something else so um, in that you have people to stick with you for a long time you're always looking for opportunity but we're gonna flip that around a little bit how do you know? when you got to get rid of somebody off your team? Ooh, that's a good question as well. Uh, I I mean, you got to keep your team strong. Yes. So, so how do you know? Is it, well, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to give any idea. I would like to hear what you have to say. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think it's something that as a team leader, um, I'm coached by Tom Ferry and he says that, um, leadership maturity is everything. Mm. Okay. And so it's leaning into what that leadership maturity looks like. Mm -hmm. And I'll be the first to admit, there are some years that, you know, I got in to sell houses. I didn't know how to run a company. Yeah. Um, so I made mistakes. I made pitfalls along the way. Sure. I not only fell down, but I scraped my face and, you know, got knocked down yeah. many times. A little bump and an owie and a red mark and everything else. Yeah. yeah. I like to more like get run over by a car. And, I don't know. have a bump or an owie. It's like a <laughs> possible amputation. That's right. <laughs> Can you sew that limb back on? Yeah, yeah. I think it's still good. Yeah. yeah. It'll work. So for me, it was really just taking the time and having the leadership maturity to ask myself, um, like, is this being true to myself? Mm-hmm. Is this the culture that I want to have? Is this what I envisioned this to be? Mm-hmm. Are these the people that I want to surround myself with? Mm-hmm. Are we going in the same fashion? Okay. And there have been people on the boat that have been drilling holes in it as we've been rowing. Yeah. And that's hard to see at first yep. because they're great agents, they're doing great things. But that's where the emotional leadership maturity comes into it to mm-hmm. say, you know, what's best for me in this situation and what's best for the company. Right, right. And that's a lot easier to say than to actually do. It's very difficult to do, especially when you like the person. Absolutely. You know, and you're like, okay, you, you're you doing good, but uh, can you plug that hole? That hole? Why are you drilling that hole? Plug that hole. And, and everybody else is rowing, and you got somebody with a bucket trying to take the water out, and it's, yeah, it can get very challenging. So that that's dealing with um, personality. What about production? Do you um, – do you, uh, way production in on if somebody should stay on your team or not no no you don't interesting no because it's more it's more more who it is not how they do right okay we have the opportunities for us to take i mean we have the playbook to take a brand new agent and get them to selling 40 50 houses a year okay we know how to do that very well okay what they do with what they after they learn that 
is up yes. to them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, they have the opportunity to win or, or fail. Correct. Right. That's that's on them. Okay. We have the playbook though, so we know it's been tried and true over mm-hmm. a decade. Yeah. Like we know how to plug this in and yeah. and help build and mentor great agents. Like sure. the agents that have been on our team that have left, you know, they're great agents. Yeah. Um, so for us, we really come alongside people of where they're at. So one of our team members who was selling you know, between 40 and 50 houses a year during COVID, her mom passed away Mm. and she became in charge of caring for her father who lives in another state and doing all that. In what world would we ask her to leave our team because she didn't have production numbers? Yeah. We wouldn't. Yeah. And something that I think a lot of people forget is like, I raised my children on this team, Yeah. (laughs) you know, like they were two and not born. So they've grown up in this business. So I've been a working mom since day one. Yeah. And Leanne on my team has had, you know, two children Mm -hmm. as an agent on the team. So we are working moms. We know that there's sometimes balance and struggle and things we have to work through. So it's never been just about the numbers. The numbers, right. It's more the person and not the numbers. And they set their goal of what they want to accomplish. We don't set it for them. Somebody says, hey, look, I got uh, life going on. I only want to do 12 deals this year. That's okay. Then here's the actions to get to 12 deals. Correct. How do we lean into you to help you achieve that and still have a work-life balance? Because that's something we all want, Mm -hmm. especially now after COVID more than anything. Yeah. We all want that work-life balance more than ever. It's, uh, yeah, it's very important. I I struggle with that myself. Me too. Yeah. That's another podcast. That's a a whole, dude, that's (laughs) a whole, that's a series of podcasts. The struggle, (laughs) the struggles, because I can say all the keywords and I can say all of the great sentences and all the philosophies and everything that you're supposed to be doing, but the actual implementation of making sure you are like when, when you go home, you like, I, I don't know how to shut it off actually. Like I just like the switch isn't there. I, the electrician hit it behind a door somewhere. I don't know where the dang switch is. I can't shut it off. Um, I was driving around the other day after work, we were going to go pick up some dinner and in my head, I, I didn't admit this to anybody in the car, but in my head I was like, anything mention nothing about work don't mention anything about any transaction don't mention anything about any client or idea or marketing like just try not to and i did it the whole way to where we were going and i was like wow that might be like the like but i but i mean i was thinking about it but i was i was thinking about not saying something and i made it until about halfway home and then it, Something happened. I don't know what happened, but I was like, man, okay. That's about as close as I can get to actually shutting it. It all, the way it all starts with a step, and that was a great first step. <laughs> I think the first step is admitting that there's... Okay, so that was the second step. You're that right. Was, that was I, I, I did the admitting part, um, and I took the... I did, you know, I, I, I'd say we're two steps in. Yeah. Two steps in. I just need to stick with that, and then I need to figure out where the heck the rest of the, the <laughs> steps are. So, yeah, shutting it off is very difficult for me. Um, I want to get into a few nuts and bolts of how you operate. Is that okay? Absolutely. Okay. So, and, and here's, here's, the, here's the other weird thing that anybody listening here may or may not grasp. When you deal with a true, like seasoned, confident, and um, legit agent, everyone I have on here doesn't hesitate to share. And I find that remarkable because when you get the entry tiers of agents, they always think that they have some sort of golden ticket. That nobody oh. else is that nobody else like this is my secret, right? Well, no. Look, you can have you can have this plan, and ninety nine percent of people are not going to follow what you do. Like you, like we just talked about, not being able to turn it off. I don't know where that dang switch is to turn it off. They're probably not going to out hustle treasure, right? But being able to share and be able to show what's there, I think, is very valuable to to especially local agents. So, Absolutely. So there's two two questions I have on there. Well, actually, it's going to lead to more. I'm going to start with the first question. We can only do two. Can only, okay. No, I'm kidding. How do you, how do you deal with a, a pit bull agent? And what I mean by pit bull agent, an agent on the other side who, you know, the kind I'm talking about who likes to talk fast, a little aggressive, and be like, get it done. Or my clients will never do that. Don't even ask me for a concession, right? Whatever. And, and they're like, it's like they're in court fighting for like, something that they, you know, I don't know, they're all passionate about it. Um, but it's rarely in anybody's benefit. How, you got that agent on the other side. How do you deal with that? You know, this just happened yesterday. <laughs> 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 I 
400 transactions is bound to happen. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't do, for the record, I don't do 400. Right, right, the team. The team does 400. Um, I'm probably between 30 and 40. Yeah. I used to do 120 a year myself. And you almost died. Almost died. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm still here. They sewed my amputated (laughs) limb back on. Yeah. Um, So now that's... Prosthetics, the fingers are going here, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, but as long as they say Chiefs, we're good. Okay, let's continue. <laughs> um, so this actually just happened yesterday, so it's it's very timely and yeah. relevant. Okay. Um, and, you know, it all comes down to emotional maturity, and I mm-hmm. will tell you that 75% of the time, I handle it really well. It's a good number. And 25% of the time, I hang up and I'm like, I could have done better. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, this was one of those cases where I hung up and I'm like, I probably could have handled that a little bit differently. Yeah. Um, but I think it's when I get caught off guard. Like, mm-hmm. in, yeah, yeah. in this instance, like, everything had been smooth. Yeah. We hadn't amended anything. We didn't, like, we went in with right. a great offer. Inspection was great. Appraisal was great. It came down to the final walkthrough. And I asked if there was a manual because I couldn't turn on the range stove. Yeah. And it got sideways. And I think I was taken off guard by, this is a normal question. Yeah. Like this is. And the, the response was a little, a little threw you off. It, the response was like, I literally said, are you kidding? Like I thought it was a joke because yeah. I like, you have yeah. noticed I like to banter a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. I like to, you know, give a hard time, get a hard time. Yeah. Like, and so I was like, oh my gosh, like I was kind of taken aback by that. Um. And so looking back on it, you know, there's some things that I wish, but at the end of the day, I think the thing that frustrates me is when people are like, well, I feel, and I'm like, who's I, you're not in this transaction. This is between our buyers and our sellers. Like, what do they feel? What do they want to have happen? Of course we advise them, but it's at the end of the day, it's their home. It's, Mm -hmm. you know, and so I was kind of taken back by, well, I think, and I'm like, You can think what you want, but how do I get the thing on? Right. And long, you know, fast forward to this morning. Yeah. Everything's great. It's on track. Everything's good. Um, So you you don't hold on to it? No, you can't hold on to it. There's no grudges. There's no, you know, it's like, okay, we had a moment. Our clients don't know about it. We had a moment. Let's move forward. How do we get this done? Um. But I think that sometimes, a lot of times people want to make it about them Yeah. because there's an, there's an underlying situation in their background. Like maybe they need this commission check, Yeah. which I'm not downplaying. I've been there too. Yeah. Um, but it's not a great place to be. It's, uh, you, you act different. You do. It's, yeah. And so taking that in like, there's always more to the story. I'm always like, there's always more to the story. What yeah. they're telling you, there's always more to the story. I, my team will tell you, like, I'm like, there's always more to the story. They're like, treasure is going to say there's always. So I'm like, <laughs> what they say and what is actually happening, like, we have to, like, listen for what's not being said yeah. so that we can come from a place of, like, understanding because we want them to understand us as much as we want to understand them. So somebody flips you off in traffic, you say to your kids. There's more to the story. There's more to the story. <laughs> and don't flip back off yeah. because Colorado Springs drivers are aggressive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're like, just let them go. Yeah, yeah. Like, okay. There's more to the story. There's they're, more to the story. They're having a really bad day or maybe they're just a horrible person. I right. don't know. But either way. Right. But I'm always story. like, you know, there's been a time where maybe I drove crazy because yeah. I had an emergency to get to, mm-hmm. you know, and I maybe drove a little aggressive, yeah. but I prefer to be the little old lady. Oh, I'm with you. I get, <laughs> I get, I get passed regularly. It's I, I used to drive very fast, and then I got a really fast car, and then I started driving really slow. That's what I did too. Yeah. <laughs> I just like I don't know why. Because I'm to. like they're looking for me now. Yeah, I just, <laughs> just now I'm just like I, I. In fact, it, what makes me most nervous is when somebody tries to get really fast behind me. I'm like, come on, man, just go around me. Like, or when they pull up to race, and yeah, I'm like, like, there's no racing here, yeah, sir. Yeah, I know. that's the point yeah what's gonna happen here so with your team um you do do you have weekly meetings how do you how do you guys how do you stay as a team yeah so um we used to have a lot of like requirements or standards and things that we expected of each other it was all led from internally yeah 
Um, now we have a Tuesday sales meeting, um, and then um, Wednesday, no, excuse me, Tuesday we have a team meeting, and then we'll go caravan one of our properties because we want to know the inventory. What do you mean caravan? Everybody hops in a van and go, or y'all follow each other to one of the listings? Mm-hmm. Or, okay. One of the listings that just came up so we can give feedback. We can see if we have a buyer. We can put it on social. Oh, that's interesting. How many people show up to those for on your team? We try for everybody if they're available. Okay. So I would say between, I mean, usually there's a couple people that are gone. So yeah, yeah. let's just say between 10 and 13. Okay. Because there's 15 of us yeah. agents now. Yeah. So, um, so when, so that, that's a very interesting thing to do as a team. Um, you get a new listing and do you, you set it up almost like through showing time or with the, with the seller and just say, Hey, we're all going to come by, uh, on Tuesday at 11 o'clock or whatever that, whatever that time is. And everybody, that's really cool. I yeah. Like that. Yeah. We used to do that when we wore our gold jackets. <laughs> all right. Everybody put your gold jacket on. <laughs> yeah. Did you have a gold jacket? I didn't. No, I was too yeah. new. I was going to say, I, th- I think you had to, you had to have, there was a couple of requirements, if I remember right. Number one is obviously production. Number two is you had to have silver hair and close to death. Um, I well, then I'm about there now. <laughs> <laughs> you got a ways to go. You got a ways to go. Um, so when you, uh, when you looked at my questions that I had on here, you pointed one out. <laughs> that you wanted me to, that you were like, oh, this should be the first one. I'm going to ask that. And we're going to go down that, that path. And you can be as... Um, kind and loving or not as you, as you care for. So here's a question. If you could be a loan officer for one week, what would you do differently? <laughs> this is a whole podcast all on okay, itself. Well, well let, let's pick one and then it'll probably lead to two. And it is probably one of the most, so people that know me know that this is my one hot button. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> is not setting good expectations yep. and not following through and not taking accountability yep. and placing the blame on others. Yeah. And because I'm talking to you, yeah. I'm not bad mouthing the, your industry, sure. right? Okay. Cause we I all have to work together. Yeah. Okay. Um, so one thing that I would do differently, yeah. there's like 47. Okay. I should have built a spreadsheet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rate them by yeah, severity. Had I known, I would have come in with the whiteboard. Yeah. <laughs> Here we do. Yeah, okay. So I would say first and foremost is one thing that I would love to have happen is mm-hmm. when somebody gets pre-qualified that they're actually run through automated underwriting. Sure. And I know that that takes a little bit more time. Yeah. But I think it's critical so that people know. And I mean, we're planning people's lives. Yep. Yeah. And so I think it's really important than just being like, I talked to you on the phone. You know, I'm going to go back to that in one second. I'm going to go back to that, too. I have something I'd like to say about that. Let's keep. Okay. so that's the first thing is like when let me back up when a realtor gives you the name of somebody, Mm -hmm. if you send them your app to fill out Mm -hmm. without a prior conversation, what a fail to your industry. Because you want them to input their financial documents into Mm -hmm. an app of someone that they don't know, they've never talked to, they've never met, and they're just relying on the realtor saying, hey, you should talk to this person. Yep. I think it's as much up to the the loan officer to keep an opportunity or to lose an opportunity to work with someone. Mm -hmm. And we've spent sometimes months and years building this this for a year. Yeah. yeah, like showing them homes. Like we know so much stuff about them. Yeah. And a lot of times they're like, well, did you ask them about their credit? Well, we 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 gather information, we talk to them, but that doesn't mean that they, first of all, know. Yeah. And second of all, they may not feel comfortable telling us because they might feel that we're getting to be on a friend level. Yeah, yeah. And they don't, like don't you don't, don't talk t- about don't money or about politics. You. Exactly. I don't, I don't want to mention that stuff to you. Right. Yeah. So I think having someone that you can trust on the other side that's going to ask mm-hmm. those hard-hitting questions that yep. I know are coming my way soon. Yeah. Um, but I think having a conversation and then getting from them, like, do you prefer to meet in person? Yep. Do you prefer to meet over the phone? Do you prefer to meet via Zoom? Do you want to fill out my app? What's best for you? Absolutely. Yeah. I feel like that's like 101. It, it, it really should be. And, and part of the part of that is I don't think... I don't think when you send somebody just your online app, which I've, I have a hard time doing it. I mean, it's, it's lovely when it shows up in your email. You're like, oh, well, I got oh nice. Uh, a vast majority of the people that come through, I 
talk to ahead of time. And the reason why is like, I, I can get so much more like, like we can, I can, I can explain to you and I can give you information and I, and I know what your goals and, and how am I supposed to, uh, how am I supposed to deliver to you if I just have raw data, then at that point, what's the point of having a loan officer just have a machine right. for you? Which is why in Colorado Springs, I think we're really great at saying use a local lender. Yeah. Oh, this, this Springs is fantastic. We're Denver's, like, Denver's use, terrible at it. we're like, use a local lender yeah. because reputation matters in this town yeah. and having somebody that you can have a face-to-face conversation if you need to, it matters. Yeah. And so having someone that's available on the weekends, mm-hmm. because that's when we're Showing houses, yep. selling houses, writing contracts, mm-hmm. doing pre-qualifications, knowing if we're going to ask for seller concessions, how much to ask, um, having someone show up to the closing. Oh, well, groundbreaking! Yeah. I know. I'm really. <laughs> You're asking a lot. I here. know. I know. Yeah. Watch out. Really pushing um, the envelope. <laughs> and I think that it's like when we set that closing date. This is where my pet peeve comes into. Yeah. When we set that closing date, we're all on the same page that that's the date. Yep if not sooner, mm-hmm. right? We're not coming into the closing table screaming, yeah. like with our hair off, which that obviously changed a few years ago with the disclosure, you know, three days yeah, yeah. before, but it's still, now they're like, they're kind getting workarounds. They've, they've, they've completely worked around they've it. They've worked around it. It doesn't even matter anymore. Right, yeah. but it did for a minute. It did for, I would say for like two years, or maybe even a little bit longer than that, it was a big deal. And, and um, I was really thrilled. I was like, wow, we are gonna know everything three days ahead of time. And now um, CDs go out two days after application just just to check the box. Right. Like, it, like the, the, the spirit of that rule was great, but they left so many little loopholes that nobody, yeah, it, it doesn't even matter anymore. Right. You know, everybody, everybody has a workaround. So it's like when it comes time for that closing date and we're mm-hmm. all counting on that closing date and our clients have planned movers and delivery people and carpet cleaners and locksmiths and you know their kids are excited and then you're like oh we're gonna move that one day it's like do you know what one day does to people you might as well move it a week Uh, and the chain reaction of that yes i'm selling another house somebody else is buying and they have a contingent sale to buy it so and that's in missouri right right? we're we're Four transactions down at this point. And, and then it's weird. Like sometimes the loan officers, like they lose their phones. They they fall into rivers. Like they just become unreachable. <laughs> I was like, I was like, wait, 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 what are you talking about? They, <laughs> they lose their phones. Yeah, yeah, they lose them. They burn. I don't know. Yeah. They, they just become unreachable. And you're yeah. like, I need you to lean in right now mm-hmm. and help us fix this. Like we're a team. Yep. And, and they're just MIA. I'm going to touch on a couple things really quickly, just because I feel well qualified to talk crap about loan officers. So, well, I don't want to talk crap about them. I do. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> so there, there's a couple, a couple quick things. So I've worked, I've had, you know, we, we have a team here. We've had a team at 719, but our team rotates as well. Like some, some people have stuck with us from day one and other people, you know, they come and go. And um, one thing is I learned, and, and this is where opportunity comes in, right? I learned that not everybody has the same work ethic as I do. Not everybody has the same standards that I do. Uh, and I got sideswiped multiple times because see, I don't learn real fast. Like it, sometimes it, I don't either. Yeah, Let's it's, just it, be honest. It's, 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 it's sometimes, <laughs> sometimes I'm a slow learner. Um, after somebody had either left or, or even when they're here and I just had some blinders on to thinking they were wonderful, um, how they handled things where they weren't communicating, they weren't giving information, they weren't setting expectations. And there's two things that I'm going to mention with this. Number one is, I don't know if you remember, you called me about four years ago and you said, Tim, this is treasure. We have a transaction with one of your loan officers and it's not going great. I said, whoa, whoa. And here's, here's a couple of reasons I remember this because I don't get those calls very often. I get those calls like once every two years, right? So it's very rare. Is that why I'm on this podcast? <laughs> Am I being roasted? Now you're going to get your answer. <laughs> <laughs> I remember because I was actually in the King Supers parking lot. Oh, good. You remember me. where? Yeah. I do. Yeah. Oh, I'm, good. I'm, I'm <laughs> King Supers on Centennial. So I was, I was in the King Supers parking lot and you called and I thought, I thought, first off, okay, you weren't the realtor. You weren't somebody on your team was. And you were calling me and I thought to myself, wow, she really, um, she really is helping agents and she takes her stuff very seriously this is super cool right i, I, I kind of like this 
Um, and the other thing that I, that, and, and we worked through it and your, your client closed and everything. And actually the transaction we have this week, we had a 10 day CTC with one of your team members. So. Well, thank all, you for that. You're very welcome. Thank you. But, uh, um, and then actually a couple, uh, you know, a little bit after that phone call, you did, uh, you did, a an event with me where up on, up on the, I forget, Pinery, is that what they call that? Place? Yes. Yeah. Beautiful. You had a great presentation. Everybody absolutely loved it. So thank you for that. I'm, I'm about. <clears throat> Six years late and thanking you for that, but thank you. That was. I've been waiting. Yeah, <laughs> I've been waiting. He finally said. He finally. I'm said. I'm out. It. Thank you. <laughs> uh, but here's what I learned from um, little incident, like situations, like when you called me, um, is ever th- there has to be a level of accountability. So if you look at, we have all of our business cards. Everybody, every email signature um, has our. Uh, direct line to, to the loan officer, but then the direct line to the office. So if you ever, ever, like what I, I told everybody, if you ever in a situation where you're not communicating, you, our direct numbers on everything, like they're going to call and we are going to get it figured out. And ever since I started doing stuff like that and just the transparency of, I'm not just going to give, um, you know, you information, I'm going to give information to everybody in the transaction because I can't rely on this Pitbull agent to properly relay the information to Treasurer and her team. So I'm going to be very transparent of things that I can, you know, reasonably be transparent about. And as soon as I started doing that kind of stuff and everybody had that level of accountability, um, those problems kind of Mm -hmm. vanished because they're like, I can't hide behind, like you said, I I can't fall in the river. My phone can't catch on fire. Tim's, Tim's going to fire me. Like, like, we got, we got to, we got to get this figured out. Right, so it's interesting that you that you had mentioned that that they they fall in a river, phone stops working, it's, whatever. It's unbelievable. Thing. It's the strangest thing. It's a yeah. yeah. Can we talk crap about realtors? Now? Yeah. See, I just yeah. want to like have your direct cell phone number, which yeah. I already have. Yeah, yeah. But I'm like, I just I don't want to call the main number. I just want to talk just, just directly call, to just you. Call, call direct. Yeah. Because I'm like that matters for people. It does. And we're yeah. all in this for repeat and referral business. Yep. And no matter where it goes wrong. Mm-hmm everybody's to blame. Nobody yeah. wins. Yeah. So it's like, we're better off to work together and do a good job than we are to like blame people. Yeah. Like the thing I love the most is like when it comes to closing and it's like the lender hasn't sent this, no title hasn't sent this. And I'm like, <laughs> Oh my gosh, please just yeah. send whatever I, you I, need I to send. I called the title company uh, a while back and I said, Hey, we're just checking on some figures you guys were working on. I said, oh, we're, we're waiting on the lender to send this over. I said, what? I said, no, I sent that to you guys last night. This is a lender. Oh, oh I, I must have been thinking of something else. Like, I was, I was like, they're, like they're instant, their instant thing. I was like, come on, really? Yeah. Like that's, that's their default, right? Okay, um, so let's talk crap on realtors. On, on, on realtors. Well, I'm going I'm to back up just real quick, though. You had mentioned not um, providing an AUS approval, uh, like an automated underwriting approval with, uh-huh. with pre-approvals. Um, so there's different ways to do pre-approvals. And I used to work with this guy. Um, I'll... I'll to protect the innocent, I will not mention names. That's but, good. Um, we want to stay on air. Yeah, we do. <laughs> <laughs> he uh, he used to get a credit report and talk to the person. And then he'd say, nah, they don't qualify. I said, what do you mean they don't qualify? Nah, nah I pulled the credits at 618. I don't know what their problem is. I was like, dude, there's a lot of programs. Like, And then he'd, he'd issue prequal letters where he'd talk to, like just through a basic conversation, maybe, maybe not pull credit issue a pre-approval. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. This is, this is like 10 years ago, but I was right. like, you're freaking me out, dude. Like, like you've got to take it all the way. You've got to run, you got to, you got to run your scenarios, you run your comparisons, conventional versus FHA versus a this and a down payment versus not buying the rate down. Like, like you got to run all of these scenarios and present the whole thing before you can issue this pre-approval letter. Like that's, I had a realtor actually before you got here, stop in my office. Because there's more than just there's more you're than not that. the only one. Treasure. I'm sorry. Oh my gosh. <laughs> there's like six thousand of well, us. Is that what you're saying? About five. Yeah. Oh, there's five thousand of us. Hey, That's look. fair. And they're all in like Colorado Springs. I just did a talk for Tom Ferry two days ago in Denver. Yeah. And I was like, Colorado has the best realtors, and I'm not just saying that. Yeah. Like you have to be on your game because they're good. Yeah. Like you got to be always upping what you're doing because there's someone coming in right behind you. It's, and I love that. It is. It, I think COVID actually did a lot for that because I'm a big, I love stats and I get geeked out on that stuff. I, I can just, see that about yeah, you. I just, I, I don't know. <laughs> like, 
oh, look at this beautiful spreadsheet. I'm going to stare at this for two hours. <laughs> Nothing good's going to happen, but I'm going to figure it out. <laughs> but looking looking at that, and I've done this for years and years, and and it was before COVID, it was very predictable um, who what people's production was like year in and year out. It was pretty steady, right? Like you'd have, you'd have anomalies, you know, ups and downs. But uh, for the most part, I knew that, that Mr. Realtor at this company is probably going to be around this number. And, you know, and then when COVID came around and we had just an influx of new agents and then I started seeing new agents like almost taking business from a lot of established agents I'm like, okay, that guy's supposed to do 20 a year. He did six for like three years in a row. Like, what's going What's going on? It's, and because they stuck with their game plan and they didn't anticipate somebody coming in. And I always like to quote um, Al Pacino from Scarface when he's learning the – can we say cocaine on air? Is that okay? No. When, he, when he's learning the <laughs> – yeah, you'll No, we can't. Okay. That should be outlawed. Is there a beep button somewhere? Okay. So he's learning the uh, Colombian Yale business. And um, rule number one in the business is never underestimate the other guy's greed. Right? That's, that's the first rule that he learns. Never underestimate the other guy's greed. And I think in this business, like somebody's going to come in and they're going to they're gonna think a little more critical. They're going to think a little bit more creative. And they're going to work a little bit harder. Yep. Right? And they're going to come in and they're going to say... Um, look, you've been relying on this business. Well, I'm going to come in with some slick marketing and I'm going to hit these people up every month for like three years. And I'm just going to stick with it because I know, I know how to win. Right. Um, and when I started seeing that shift, I was like, well, this is like, it was, it was harder to predict because we as loan officers were like, I know Treasure's going to do this many deals. Right. I know. So and all of a sudden you're like, all oh, these people are all over the place. Right. It's, it's hard to, hard to predict. Um, and so another question I wanted to ask you is in line with that. Do you guys have very specific um, steps with like either a CRM or like you get a lead in as an example? Um, do you, is, it, is it very identified exactly how the process goes? Even if you're saying yes, yes. I'm not shocked. Can you give me an, a little inside view on how like, like one of the things you do? I mean, this is where we get pretty nerdy and technical. So we have like SOPs, standard operating procedures for everything. Obviously we customize things based off of our client and what they need, but we know like the basic steps we want to have happen. So we have flow charts Mm -hmm. um, for everything. So if a client goes this way, this is our plan. If a client goes this way, this is our plan. Mm. Um, because the stand, you know, what they're going to do is pretty common. Yeah, yeah. So we have those drilled down so that we know, like, if they zig, we zag. Right, Like, right. we're right there with them. Yeah. Because one thing I've always told my team is, if our phone rings first and it's a client unhappy, we've lost. Mm. We have to be ahead of those conversations. Yeah, we yeah. have to be the one providing the information and knowing what's going on. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we have a process and a procedure for everything from listings, buyers, open houses, you know exactly. closing. So you're going gonna to do an open house. Here's the 17 things you do. You're going to do, uh, it's 147 a, things, uh, but yes, <laughs> it's more than, I, more than I anticipated. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you have, so you have these processes in. So do you, now I'm going to break it down a little bit further. Um, and for the sake of time, no, oh, we, we got four minutes. We're good. Four so, minutes. I went by fast. It did go. It did go by fast. But l- l- we still got four minutes. I got okay. to keep talking. Okay. My, my voice, I need to hear me. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, it, when you, do you break it down to so many calls a week or certain calls on certain days or certain activities per week? Do you break the schedules down that way? Yes. You do. We have it broken down by, if this is how many houses you want to sell this year, this is how many conversations you need to have per day. Okay. Based off what your goal is, this is how many we know you need to have. Yeah. So my like number real is seven. Real estate conversations, right? Real estate conversations. Okay. My number is seven. Okay. So in order for me to achieve my goals, I have to have seven real estate conversations mm. a day. Okay. Does this count me. as one? Do you have any business for me? <laughs> Maybe. I don't know how to think about it. Wow. I guess that's a no. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a, that's a, I'll get back to you. That's what that is. Yeah. Okay. Maybe. We'll talk afterwards. Okay. Okay, right. great. Yeah. So should I go into my clothes? Is that the last three minutes of that, how do I get business from Tim? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we're going to do that off air. Okay. So I don't, I don't want to disclose all my secrets. Right. So you have, you have a specific process, which leads me to what I love as kind of a final question 
with real estate agents is if you, Treasure Davis, was put into a new location that you have never been, you've never been there, you've never stepped foot there, you don't know a single person, you don't know how the community operates, you don't know where the cool hangouts are, you know nothing about this place. What are a couple activities where like right out of the gate, what do you for sure doing to start building your real estate business? Well, one that I've always had a coach. Okay. I've always had a real estate coach. Mm, okay. So you would do that in a new area. Absolutely. Okay. Um, I think it's everything like Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, mm-hmm. all the greats, like professional athletes constantly coached have multiple coaches. Yeah. So I think having a coach would be the first thing that I would do no matter yeah. what genre sure. you're looking for. Yeah. The second thing I would do is learn the market. How would you do that? I would, gosh, well, for one, I would look at the MLS. I'd study the hot sheets. I'd drive mm-hmm. around. I'd look on Facebook. I'd ask in like the Facebook groups of like, what's going on? Where should I know? You, you, and so you'd learn the community like this, like Manning Lewis Ranch versus Manitou. Two entirely different areas that are 15 minutes apart. Correct. Right? And, and, and that's what you do. And know, like, what do you get for the money? Like, educate mm-hmm. myself on what's going on. Because okay. if someone comes to you and says, you know, I want to buy a house and I want new construction for, you know, $500,000, I'm probably not going to take them to Manitou. Yeah. Right. I mean, there's, I'm, I'm probably going to take them to Banning, for example. Yeah. Right. So it's just knowing where you can guide people. The other thing I would do is join some sort of a network group. Okay. Like a BNI type thing or something like that. Or like for me, when I was, when I had young babies, mm-hmm. I joined like a mom and me group. Okay. Because gotcha. I started building my demographic farm. That, okay. That's, and that's more what I was really looking for specific action and that. So you're, you're surrounding, you're getting into a community almost right to where it's like the mom and me. I don't actually know what that is. I've never been a mom. Um, I don't think I'd be a very good one. <laughs> all kinds of I was going to say so many things, but <laughs> I think I'd, thankfully I, my, my mouth stopped. Yeah, it was what, your brain, you're like, <laughs> <laughs> so um, I, I guess that, that's, that's a good answer. And that's, that's something that I think a lot of people um, have a hard time with is, is, you know, let's surround ourselves with um, things that are you know, like us. Let's get into a networking group. Let's get into whether it's your church or your kid's school or, um, you know, an army's wives, you know, group or whatever it is and be active in those. And do it from an authentic point of view. Mm-hmm. You don't do it because you want the business. Do it because you believe in the right. cause because the rest of it follows. Yeah. Right. So then I would take it a step further and I would create a business plan because that's something that realtors don't do a lot of. They don't yeah. treat it like an actual business. Yeah. So I'd build a business plan and say, okay, this is how many transactions that I want to complete this year. Mm-hmm. And then back that up to, well, what do I like to do? Like yeah. I door knocked, I did for sale by owners. I did cold calls yeah. like that landscape is changing and people don't like to do that. They're yeah. like, I like to make videos on social media. Yeah. Well, great. How do we translate that into actual business? Yeah. How do we build a plan so that if you do like to just post videos on social media, how do we have that equate to business? Right. What does that look like? So taking, you know, three to five lead sources that you want to do, that you're going to actively do, and how do we break that down? Yeah. Because if you just say, like, for me, I'm really active in my farm. Yeah. So if you're just like, well, I'm going to send, you know, one postcard a month, you're not going to do good. Like, yeah. what's an actual plan? And getting with your broker or your coach or someone that mm. you know and trust that can help you build those plans is fantastic. And Treasure, I feel like <clears throat> that answer has so it goes so much deeper than like i think in you you have so many more layers that you would dig down in that down like you said down specific to how many phone calls or how many conversations do i have like like though i think that business plan would be all encompassing and unfortunately we yeah we don't have time for the the entire business plan wow. but yeah wow well, that's I'm, I'm glad. What'd I got you spend the time on? I'm glad I got to hear myself. Talk today. <laughs> that, was, that was great. I mean, I really can dig down into some specifics. I, I know, you, know? you can, and maybe we will have to have you on again and maybe dig into a little bit specifics of that because I think that's that is something that is massively missing in today's real estate. There's a lot of really good young talent and and new people that come in, but um, you know, it, it's go get them, Tiger. It's not right. It's not here's how many conversations Here's what you say in this conversation. If they say this, you go this way. It, it, that is missing in most 
most real estate companies, I think. Absolutely. So, well, thank you very much for being here. Thank you for the opportunity. Yeah, the pleasure was yours. I'm really glad. <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome. Do you say that every time? No, no. Okay. I, I'm just, I'm just I, I thinically, you know, it just comes out. Yeah. Just, okay, just, good. Just, just, just <laughs> so that wraps us up with another episode of Cut to the Chase at agentsuccesspodcast.com, where you can catch us every week. That wraps up another episode of Agent Success Podcast. Remember, you can find new episodes each week at agentsuccesspodcast.com. We hope you found the insights and best practices shared today truly valuable. And if you did, please subscribe, rate, and leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. Remember, your success is a journey of learning and improvement. So let's keep hustling, thriving, and learning. Until next week, this is Tim Chase.